This is Kieran Murphy, the founder and presenter of the Across the Four Lakes podcast. At the end of the day, you ask players to do a job, and no matter what we do, say, we can be called great lads now, and we have the team moving. We haven't been moving. It's the players that do it. We can't train. Carlo have restarted quickly. Long ball sent into that inside forward line. Oh, and it's broken for James Doyle. Goal chance for Carlo, and they've taken it. Pat Hearn sleeps, eats, and drinks GAA. He has been involved in so many aspects of the organisation. It is a pleasure to sit down and talk to him about the organisation and particularly about referees, which are dear to his heart. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for coming on the Across the Four Legs podcast. No bother. Look, I have to say, you've had a lifetime involvement with the GAA as a player, as a referee, as a coach, Yep. as a teacher. Yep. You married Anne, a member of a huge GAA family That's right. in Carlo. That's right, yeah. As a parent, you've been closely involved with your children who I have, have played the whole GAA. Way up. Yep. You thought you were going to retire, and now I see you're a photographer. That's right. Got another Netflix job. In Park, yep, yep. And you seem to be enjoying that, and Lo- you've got some fabulous-looking equipment. You've obviously invested yep. heavily in it and really enjoying it. A few quid, yeah. Look, maybe just go back. What, in your own words, does the GAA mean to you? Oh, it means a huge amount. Um, It's not that I wake up in the morning thinking about it and go to sleep at night thinking about it, but uh, it's a huge amount. I mean, I worked for 38 years as a secondary school teacher in Portlee CBS and Carlo CBS, and, you know, I suppose every day... There was I was involved in some aspect of the GA in school. Um, you know, twenty eight years ago, roughly, I came to Carlo CBS. Um, I had grown up in Carlo CBS from the time I was twelve and a half until I was seventeen or eighteen years of age, and the GA was just massive. I remember when I was in second year, and the whole school was brought up to Dr. Cullen Park one day to watch the senior football team playing, and I couldn't believe it. I thought this was. This was like going to Wembley. This was like going to Lansdowne Road. It was like going to see the New York Giants playing. It was just incredible. And I think that really sparked a huge interest, you know, for me in, in the GAA. You know, I'd played hurling and all that sort of stuff as a small fella. But this just blew my mind going up to watch our senior footballers playing in, a, in, a, in, in Dr. Cullen Park. And I remember George O'Connor from the great George O'Connor from Wexford was, was playing against us and he was kind of known all over uh, Carlo and Wexford at the time and sure he went on to great things in 96 so that was probably the start of my huge interest at about 13 and a half years of age when I was brought up by the brothers up to Dot Cullen Park I remember Carlo CBS actually winning a Clannard Cup it was this Leinster B or was it the All-Ireland B back in Brother Finnegan's time 
Yes. And that's going back a long, long time. That's that's before is my that time. Before your time. Yeah, yeah, it is. We had a very good team and we got to a senior B final. Um, and a fellow called Christy Lawler was captain. Brendan O'Neill, Brendan Cullen, Darrow Ware, Liam Brennan from, from Arles. Um, those guys were on it. All really good footballers at the time. Uh, Jerry O'Brien was in the goals. Um, and we had a really good team. And um, I played hurling mostly, but I went up for the crack for the football. And sure, it was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. Did you win that pass? No, we were beaten in the final. Beaten in the final. Um, our, we had two players sick, very sick on the day and injured and that proved to be a difference but I suppose the one thing I remember is is that uh, Liam Brennan from held, was played against Barney Rock and held them scoreless like Barney was Rock the great the Barney, great Rock, Barney. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah so you know I suppose through school you know one of the, the great things was is that you know you, you, you came across other fellas that in time were going to be legends of the game like you know a couple of weeks ago um, John Dwyer was there he he marked that Niall Niall Quinn, the great Niall Quinn, in a Leinster B football final That's replay. The soccer player to be. Yeah, that was yeah. a great soccer player to be. You know, and that was an incredible thing. And you know, John gave gave Niall Quinn a fantastic game on the day. So you know, people sometimes come along and they they're inclined, even in the GA, are inclined to dismiss schools football and hurling and other sports. But in the end of it all, that's a breeding ground for for great success and gives players um, a starting point you know and it gave me a starting point when I went brought up in, as, a, as a young fella in second year to, to Dot Cullen Park many months ago and then we'll go shoot on then yes maybe about four or five years maybe it's five or six years ago it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary the way time goes so Absolutely. quickly <laughs> yeah. but Carlo went to Croke Park and came away with the silverware and you were involved yeah. with, with were you involved as the management team or were I, you a teacher at I, the I time? was a teacher yeah. I was a teacher yeah. at the time uh, that was 2015 um, and in 2015 I suppose I took on the role of bringing supporters to matches that was really the thing that I did and at the time I was taking photographs as well and I, it was a great honour for me um, to take photographs in um in, in Crow Park on that day and they played something like eight matches before that and had to win each one to get as, get as far as it so it was an incredible achievement to come along and to beat um, uh, a, a Tipperary school as it turned out in the, in the B final Abbey, and Abbey the Abbey, Abbey yeah, yeah which is yeah. which is the, the home basically again here's the links in the GA I suppose it's the home of the, of the current Limerick manager you know John Kiley so it was a great that was a fantastic day that was one of the best days I've ever had um, and it was great to be involved in organising support for all those games. Uh, what I used to do was I used to take photographs of the games, and I, I suppose I used to show some of the players, you know, what what happened and the rest of it. And it was a means as well of showing other young fellas in school that mightn't have had an involvement in it. You know, what actually is involved in, you know, being committed to something. So I was trying to teach them about commitment and involvement and honesty and integrity and everything else as well. It wasn't just say about GAA. It was about more things than just the game, and you know that's the way I looked at sport as well. That it's it's not just the game. There's a whole lot of other things involved in it as well that I think are really key towards, especially with young people mm. in their in their development, moral, intellectual, the whole lot. But it's also a sense of belonging. It is like anybody who went up on a bus that day to support that team. Absolutely, they were part. They were part Absolutely. of Canada. They were part of the CBS. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, any success, like when when Carla beat Kildare a few years ago over in, in Tullamore, I mean, again, anybody who was lucky and privileged to be there, sense of feeling part of something very special was very strong that day. Uh, like Palatine the other night, the same thing. And representing and Shane every one of us. Was Shane O'Neill was on that team. That he was, he was. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, they're the kind of things I suppose that you know I, I remember with fondness looking back. Um, currently, I'm involved in other aspects of the GAA, but primarily, I suppose, currently, I'm I'm involved in taking photographs and, and helping out the PR side of, of things for Car GAA. Yeah, and then going back, like um, I have to ask you, Ad Ad Long, you know, like yes, how, yeah. how you know how <laughs> coincidental was that? Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I remember the day I met her, <laughs> and I met her in I was in Portlee CBS, and it was our first or second day back after Christmas, yeah. and she walked in the door. And um, I got, gradually got to know her, as the man said, and I found out who her dad was and her uncles were. And her dad sure has, has equaled the, the scoring record, five goals and a point in the hurling final, um, and played for... A club, for excuse me, it's a club, a club hurling final. A club hurling, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Was it with Carlow yeah. Town at the time? It's with Carlow Town or the Pierce's, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, which, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so on. So yeah, Anne was hugely involved and her two brothers were played a good bit, Warner brothers played a lot. Or the rest of somebody well known in Carroll called Pop Long, Pop oh, yeah. Long, yeah, died a, few, a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, Anne was hugely involved, is still involved in O'Hanrahan's, um, hu- hugely involved there. So yeah, look, um, I have a brother involved with Leash, a big time involved in Leash. That's, another Sean, brother in, is it? that's my brother Liam. Liam. I have another yeah. brother involved with a Dublin club called Kevin's, not St. Kevin, but Kevin's. Who, who's that? Uh, a younger brother called Kevin, my youngest Kevin, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we've 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 all had a huge involvement. My sister Mary goes to an all of the games. She's married to a Tipperary man. And I have a, I have a sister who's married to Kilkenny, was to Kilkenny chap. And they have two two sons who are very good hurlers, hurling for Muckalee. So, look, when we get together as a group, Sometimes uh, GA is <laughs> number one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, did you get a senior hurling championship? Yourself I, only as a sub. Oh, only just as a sub, yeah. yeah. Sub, they, yeah. They were great, yeah. Carlos. Own teams. They were good. They were no, good. Uh, oh, there was some. Yeah, we were we were helped by the fact that um, I suppose you know we always had one or two guys that came in that could hurl. Wexford men, Galway men, and they added a little bit of steel. Plus the local guys as well who had the I suppose the noose. The way to get scores against the big teams at the time. So, look, there were good times as well, yeah. Bit of nostalgia. Give me the names of one or two of those lads. We well, Brian, Brian Dolly was one of the greats that came. Brian, uh, Brian. Ma- Brian Dolly. He was a yeah, Galway yeah, man. He was yeah, a guard. Yeah. Matty Burney played yeah. corner forward. Noel Shaw came from Matt Downey and Leash. All really okay. fine hurlers. Okay. There were some of the guys, okay. yeah. Okay. So, Pat, like, you know, talking to you there, obviously I've set you up there. You're well qualified to talk about a lot of aspects of the GEA at the moment yeah. and the GEA is in the news and maybe just um, <coughs> diverse, di- diverting slightly yeah. I see Sky Sports um, yeah. have ended their relationship with the GEA they have personally yeah. me I'm I'm a bit relieved because I kind of associate the GAA with soccer and yeah. or the Sky, Sky yeah. with a, with yeah. soccer and rugby yeah. and everything. And yeah. I, it always rested uneasily on my shoulders. Yeah. I, am I wrong in saying that? Well, I, I think would it be the same yeah. for yourself. And maybe I'm just showing my yeah. narrow-mindedness. No. And uh, no, no. I I think a huge number of people have felt that way, mm. but I, I would see it as the GAA trying to, I suppose, broaden its horizons as best they can. And, you know, to me, it's a product. In the end of it all, the GA needs money to come along and to, invest, to reinvest. Like, 
in Cullen Park, in Caseman Park, and there's a huge debt in, in Parker Cave. Um, St. Conlet's Park wants to be developed, Walsh Park wants to be developed. So the money has to come from somewhere. And look, whether we like it or whether we don't, Sky produced or presented an opportunity for the GA to get some finance for that. Mm. Otherwise, like instead of paying 15 quid for a match, maybe it might be 25. And then am I going to go? I might not. Mm. So look, I can I can see fully and I understand fully where uh, many diehard, as the man said, Irish uh, GAA people are. But, you know, maybe there's going to be great challenges for RT and others in trying to make sure that people in England and further afield are able to see the live games from now on. Yeah, my attitude, I suppose, is uh, if I was to describe my own attitude, it's dragged and screaming into the 21st century. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the GA has often been criticised for not being modern and the rest of it. And yet, at the same time, when it tries to do something which, you know, seems to be savvy and seems to make sense... Mm, it's still criticised, so it's very hard to be right. Yeah. Listen, as a referee, you've had yeah. you've had the great distinction and the great honour of refereeing an All Ireland minor hurling final in yeah. Croke Park in nineteen ninety nine. That's right, Jim. It like that must be the highlight of your career, or or am I putting words in your mouth? No, well, you know, I mean, I suppose um, I refereed an awful lot of college games. Um, an awful lot of them I refereed um, finals in Carlo. Um, not a huge number of them, but but a few. Um, and yes, I refereed games on the national stage for quite a while. Look, I was very lucky. Um, I Being from Carlo, uh, as the man said, a lot of people would see it as a, a disadvantage. I saw it as an advantage because I was seen as kind of neutral in almost all scenarios because, because Carlo wasn't going to be playing the Kilkenny's or the Tipperary's or the Cork's. So I very often I got the nod for some of those games, and I was very I feel very privileged with That's the fact senior that games part, senior yeah. or senior yeah. games yeah yeah, um, so yes I refereed ninety nine final and uh, minor final sure was fantastic, who, you know who was playing that day? Galway and Tipperary okay yeah. yeah Galway and Tipperary yeah Galway won it by a couple of points, um, and sure we stayed in the Burlington Hotel sure this was like this was fantastic you know. Um, and getting new gear a couple of days beforehand and, you know, 99 uh, All-Ireland final on your sleeve and on the on the chest of your jersey. Like, this was absolutely incredible stuff. You know, this had never happened before to me or the umpires I had getting new clothes for the umpires, going down to Max and saying, hey, lads, you know, would you, can we get jumpers? Can we get, yeah, yeah, no problem here. Go on, get, let's get the stuff and staying overnight in the Burlington and having a lovely meal and, the that following was day, the umpires as well. Yeah, oh, oh the umpires yeah. as well. Yeah, the following day was incredible. This is incredible. The following day, Lord Russell Joe McDonald was president. He stood up and he sang the national anthem. Unbelievable. Cork hurlers and a few Cork hurlers had beaten um, a Brian Cody led Kilkenny. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. DJ Carey came in afterwards with John Power, and they were absolute. As you'd swear to God, they're after swimming the English Channel. They looked so down in themselves. And there was about 25 journalists there at two tables. And the only person they wanted to interview was the great DJ Carey. Incredible. They weren't interested in Mark Landers at all. It was absolutely incredible. They stood on chairs behind the fellas that were in front of DJ Carey. One of the great memories I've had. And so you'd, you'd watch things like that and, you know, appreciate, I suppose, the greatness of the great players. I know I'm <clears> blowing <throat> my own trumpet a bit at the moment. Yeah. But I have to say one of the highlights of my journalistic career if mm -hmm. you want to call it that yeah i was covering a fitzgibbon cup semi-final in waterford mm -hmm. and when the match was over the only place i could get dj carey was uh was looking after the carlo it team yes at the time. yes yes 
and we did the interview in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. And when the interview was over, I looked up and there was nobody around mm. except DJ Carey and myself. Yeah. And we walked towards the dressing rooms. Yeah. Chatting. Yeah. And I oh. must say, I was there, I was pitching myself, I was thinking, I was after seeing this fella playing so many All-Ireland mm. finals and here were, we were just talking as yeah. two people yeah. and that's, that's the GA. So well, that's that the we're, GA. We're all very ordinary. I people. suppose, oh yeah, I mean, I, I had the privilege again of refereeing Kilkenny and Leash and DJ had announced his retirement a couple of weeks before, a couple of months beforehand and the news was like, I couldn't get ordered about five or six thousand people at this National League game in Nolan Park and the next thing is there was an unnatural roar and I turned behind behind. I thought someone was after getting the belt of a hurl and was decked turned around and DJ Carey got out of the dugout to warm up wow yeah yeah so look fantastic we've digressed away from your uh, your achievements as a referee well look but the, the 99 the, final really obviously was, uh, was very special that was lovely it was fantastic to get it fantastic to get it and I had done linesman at Four or five all Ireland minor finals before that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and you know one of the funny stories was one of them was a draw, and it was uh, Tipperary and Galway, and I couldn't believe it. The, the The referee was dark skinned, had a black beard, and was about half the size that I am. And the Tipperary County Secretary came in after he blew the whistle for a draw, and he says, "You, you so and so, and you so and so and so, you're flipping absolutely robbed us today." I says, "I," and I was holding the flag. I was holding the linesman's flag. I sure I said to him, say, say Tommy says I I wasn't refereeing it at all. Oh God, he says and he walked on. So, you know, you, you like the great stories like really and the human interest side of it, I suppose, and meeting the players and having the privilege of being in the middle with some of the best players of all time, that to me is what I remember from you know, the days of, of, of refereeing games, yeah. you know, to be honest. But it is like, you know, from Carlo we do maybe have a situation where we don't get to meet these great players yeah. and and rub shoulders in yeah. your words and it, it does mean something to us all I don't but, care what you oh, say absolutely but yeah. look a couple of weeks ago um, uh, the minor hurling final in Carlo was on and like to me one of Carlo's greatest ever by a mile met Paddy Quirk had a few words with Paddy great to see Paddy retired six years he says I've got to say Paddy I'm catching up on you I'm retired three and we had a lovely chat for a few minutes in the stand yeah. you know so it was great to meet Paddy, great to meet Johnny Nevin, Brendan Hayden, Joe Hayden, all great players as well, our own players, you know. And if you, if you, if tell you, if Pat Hickey says that he admired, <laughs> Pat Hickey of Mount Leicester Rangers, yes, if yeah. he says he admired Paddy Quirk, yeah. My God, he must have been something because Pat oh, yeah. Hickey doesn't admire too, too many, many people, no, but he no, admired. No. He had it. He yeah. had it for a. Um, oh for no, Paddy, Paddy, Kirk, Paddy yeah. Kirk. I don't think there's any player has dominated yeah. Carlo for as long and so consistently good mm. in every aspect as a hurler. I one time I was a footballer, but as a hurler, he was outstanding, absolutely outstanding, a brilliant hurler. Yeah. Let's get back to you again, Pat. Sorry, Pat. Yeah. Pat, Pat heard that is not Pat. Pat yeah. Kirk. Um. Johnny Johnny Nevin told me that when uh, Breed won their first, is Hurl. it their first senior hurling final? You were referee yes. and you had the presence of mind to hold on to the slitter at the end of the game and yeah. hand the captain the slitter. Oh, Johnny, yeah. Johnny Nevin was yeah. captain and you handed him the slitter. Like that was yeah. tremendous. Well, it was, look, again, it was an honour for me to be able to referee a, you know, a county senior hurling final. And I never forget that game because you know I knew the importance of the game to Nair Breed. I, I appreciate and I, to any 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 club, 
And I remember the game, and I remember Johnny being captain, and I had huge admiration for Johnny. And I remember getting the ball, running for the ball, and I was about 45 yards out on, as the man said, on the press box side of Cullen Park. And the next thing is, I had the ball in my hand, and one of the chief mentors, who shall remain nameless, tried to grab the ball out of my hand. Now, I had milked a few cows, and my hands were fair reasonably strong, and I wasn't letting go. And he made another effort to try and get it out and I wasn't giving it to him and I made sure to give to Johnny yeah 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 it's amazing he still talks about that yeah yeah you know it meant the world to him yeah yeah Mm. yeah that's what 20 20 something 20 years ago maybe 26 years ago um Patrick Satanta yes um the club has been founded that's right um how long how long is it founded oh 2011 I think 2011? Yeah, so yeah. 11 years. Yeah. Are you disappointed you haven't produced um, a senior side yet? Or have you yeah. produced under 20? Under no, yet? no. It's, look, you it's came close in the minor a few we, times we, in the last did. couple of yeah. years with Carlo We Town. did, yeah. But yeah. You, you amalgamated, you sort of yeah. went back, you yeah. went back. Yeah. Like that must have been... Tell me it's, about it's, that. It's, but it's about some, look, I mean, Satanta has founded 11 years and basically there was a number of parents who had daughters playing Camogie with the Hurland Club and uh, at the time we didn't see eye to eye in relation to how Camogie should be managed within 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 the, the, the framework of Caratown Hurland Club and two years later over two years later Satanta was formed it wasn't a knee jerk reaction it was two years later and I was chairman for the first six years and the workload was I have to say was phenomenal every Monday Monday to Saturday except Sunday Sunday was my only day off to be honest <coughs> and um yeah, since then, Noel O'Neill has taken over. And I suppose, you know, it is disappointing that we haven't been able to field our own minor team yet. Um, I, I think, you know, not everybody would agree. I think that Carlow Town with twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 people in it is plenty big enough for, for two clubs or even three clubs. And I would have been hope, hoping and, and cajoling other clubs in and around Carlow to come on to develop hurling on a, on a greater scale as well. But look, that hasn't happened as of yet. Um, but yeah, Satanta has been very successful in a whole lot of different areas, and at the same time, we haven't been able to manage to field a team on our own. I'd say under seventeen, and that's been has caused some heartache, and, and it is a matter of, I suppose, disappointment. At the same time, it's good to see, let's say, a combined Carlos Town and Satanta teams competing under fifteen and under seventeen finals recently. So that's very positive, and really. Like Satanta was formed to try and have more young people involved in playing hurling and camogie. That's what we were founded for. It's not to have a go at any other club. We saw an, an opportunity and we thought there was a niche there, and that's why we were founded. Yeah. Look, I don't go back over all the yeah, all, yeah. All, all the, the stuff that went on. That's yeah. that's history now. Yeah. But looking forward, there must be some people who are saying, let's let's go back in with Carlo Town completely. Yep. They have yep. fabulous facilities up yep. there. Yeah. Uh, Satanta works in the presentations you're that's right presentation, that's right yeah. so there, there are pluses in but as you yeah. say is the town not big enough to have two hurling clubs obviously yeah. it isn't at the moment and yeah there's an issue there you know but yeah. I, I don't think the issue is just in carlo town i think port leash are having their problems over oh there look too. i mean i i wouldn't be surprised down in Torres if there were, they were well, it, i think the I, town look, teams are well, in, the, yeah. the bottom line is if the ga is serious and is actually yeah. serious you know urban development is is absolutely crucial to the to the future of the GAA because 
look, every every county council and everything else, planning permission is difficult to get in outlying areas. And, you know, the governments want us to be living in towns. So we need to come along and establish new GAA clubs. There's no doubt about it. There's huge swathes of, of Dublin and there's no GAA club for them. So why not come along and, and do the same thing in Port Leisha? And there's two, only two clubs in Newbridge. That's all there is in all of Newbridge. It's a fine town. Nace, one club. Like, let's... The GA needs to move on. And, you know, we have these super clubs in Dublin, like Kilmacud, and they're fantastic clubs. But we need to do the same thing in Carlo as well, I think, going going for, going for, forward. Okay, okay. It's kind of a story that could... It that, is, it is, keep, it is, it is. Yeah, it is. going yeah, to yeah, yeah. keep moving. Um, listen, I have to go back to your refereeing as well. Listen, yeah, no I, was, I was oogling at her referee. Yeah. Uh, would you believe it? I came across <laughs> the, the year 2000 and the referee strike... Oh yes, and, uh, infamous. A referee yeah. strike in Carlo. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. What was that about? Can you Essentially, basically, look. The bottom line was is that is that Carlo referees were refereeing games up to about hmm, maybe semi final or quarter final in most championships, but then referees from other counties brought in to come along and to complete the the, the championships. So Carlo referees, quite a few kind of said, look, you're using us for league games, you're using, but you don't want us for the rest. So there was a, a lack of trust there, basically, between, I suppose, county board officials and Carlow referees. At that stage, I was refereeing matches in Crow Park. I was refereeing matches all over the country, and I wasn't seen fit to come down to referee a senior championship yeah. game Probably, probably being fit is, by the wrong word, is the feel that, that, that she... Uh how would you call it an aspect an influence or something that you'd had being local people that you were better off not refereeing yes refereeing <coughs> yeah. players that yeah. you knew so well yeah yeah and that look that was part of it and in the end of it all you know we attended a meeting with the county board and I came along and I said look I said you know everybody here has had the opportunity of of, of, of playing with their club in a county final it's, it's the greatest honour we can have like as car referees to referee our own car, car finals and in fairness in fairness, I'd have to say that the officials took that on board and within a, span, a space of about maybe two years, we were refereeing our own county finals. And, you know, if, if, if people can tell me, well, these are, we have to have 25 or whatever it is, finals in the meantime, between hurling and football, and the referee has been the difference between winning and losing, I'd say, hmm, okay, I've been to most of them and I wouldn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, look, I think the standard refereeing nationally is, is in difficulty. But, and in Carlow, you know, we've had we've had our difficulties, but you know, we've had quite a few top class referees, and a lot of lads now are on intercounty panels or intercounty intercounty um, um, yeah panels, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, which which is tremendous, you know. Yeah, like Pod Dwyer, Maurice, Pod, Pod Dwyer, Patrick Murphy, and two hickeys, you know. Yeah. Brian Deering has been on intercounty panel for a while. Jonathan Murphy's has refereed it, you know, all Ireland fine level. Pat Kyo has refereed. You know, all Ireland finals in Crow Park and ladies. So, look, we have top-class referees in Carlow as well. And I'm very proud of the fact that we have just as good a set of referees as most other counties. We need more referees. Huge well. issue. Huge yep. issue. Huge issue. You know, and it's a massive issue, you know, and we don't have enough. And last year we had one person, one person only in Carlow, put themselves forward. And I'm involved in tutoring referees at national level. And I, I do a lot in Carlow, and I do it in Wexford and Kilkenny mainly. And that person did finish the course, the, the foundation course in Kilkenny. He was the only one from Carlow last year, one person. That's not sufficient to maintain yeah. standards to a good level and have sufficient referees to cover the vast number of games that we now have in Carlow. I mean, in Carlow now, there's probably three times more games than 20 years ago. 
because of the number of underage games and because camogie and, and ladies football have grown massively as well. So they're all, you know, the number of referees just don't have enough. And the camogie and the LGFA are pulling out of the, uh, the, the pool of referees that is there doing, they are. doing, doing hurling and football. They are. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they are. And that's only going to get bigger. Absolutely. That, that, that pool is only going to get stronger. There's 10 camogie clubs in Car- County Carlow now, yeah. 10 or 11. Mm. And a number of years ago, there was two or maybe three. Mm. And they have underage from under 11 the whole way up, the whole way up. So, you know, like camogie is huge. The same thing with ladies football, the very same thing. I know there was a couple of uh, incidents that were reported that went that went viral. Uh, a young fellow was allegedly assaulted. Yeah, there was a, an assault situation over in Roscommon. You can't say yes. that much about it because we don't know yeah. we don't know the ins and outs. Of yeah. Is there a major problem with the GAA, or have these two incidents have they? Um, have they sort of promoted a debate? Yeah, which I, I think, you know, we have become we have become very sensitive and rightly so to, I suppose, wellness and, you know, everything else that should be there in our society. And that's correct. I mean, I think about, say, my mother and father, my late fa- father and my mother, and she's 89 years young now at the moment, and the number of times they, they heard fellas calling me everything under the sun, and, you know, was I immune to it? Most of the time I was, do you know. But should I have been immune? I don't think so. And I think society has moved on. So we're living in whatever we are at, yeah. at the moment. And I think people rightly come along and question and sort of say, this is un- absolutely unacceptable. So abuse of any type, form, or description, really, it should be part, it should be gone. And the, the, the difficulty is that a fellow can say, ah, for flip's sake, ref, and that can be it. But sometimes it goes way further than that. And where there's any incident, and people sometimes think, oh, the assault is a terrible thing. Well, when a person's parentage is called into question, and it's pretty serious, that can be equally just as hurtful. And I think that's absolutely wrong. And let's be honest about it. Every club, every single club, because I've witnessed it, every single club has people that are, you know, they find it very difficult just to control themselves. And the first port of release, very often, is the referee. I had a man I had a man a few years ago, and he met me. He was doing a job in the house, and he said, Patty says, I didn't go to a game since the time I, I had a go at you. Did you not, says I? No, he says. I say, why is that? Oh, sure, God, sure, I realise, sure, I could have damaged somebody. All right, says I. And but he took, he took that into his own he hands. He took into his own hands. He recognised he had he, a problem. He, yeah, absolutely. And he, and he didn't go to matches. For years, he didn't go to matches. So he saw that the damage that he possibly could have done, big, strong, physical man, and um, he, he decided, right, I'm not going to matches anymore. So, look, some people, we can all control ourselves if we put our minds to it. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And Except some people just decide, or just find it very difficult to control themselves. Um, my wife came to one match and she said, God, she said, it was a, f- a fella, and he was like a, like a gorilla in a cage trying to, get, trying to get in at you, and I was going down the tunnel. There was a Dublin referee who was inside in Cullen Park a number of years ago. And he said, Pat, do I have to walk down that tunnel after a game? So I said, of course you do. Well, funny you should talk about your wife. Because yeah. a couple of years ago, Barry was playing in the Junior B final for Airog. Right. And Bernie decided she'd go to see him play in the final. Yes. She wouldn't yeah. normally be going to games. Yeah. And we were separate in the stand. I was doing my own thing. I was doing the reporting. Yeah. And she said to me after the game, the abuse was shocking. Yeah. And I said... I didn't hear it. Yeah. So essentially, I'm going to games every week. Yeah. So I've become immune to it. Yeah. And that 
That's a danger for, it us, is. for us all. It is. And maybe when I do ask the question earlier on that yeah. I did ask, mm. I forget that I become immune to it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, look, I was at a match recently and, you know, I, I as the man said, it was under 15 hurling game. And the referee, as far as I was concerned, because I'm involved in assessing referees as well, or I suppose the new term is advising referees. And I was watching with interest how this guy was getting on. Because he's a relatively new referee. And I thought, this guy is doing a great job. But there was a one, one, men, one person who had nothing to do really. He wasn't a mentor or a coach. And he was giving this guy down the banks. And he's from the very same clubism. I mean, you know, so you'd wonder like sometimes what gets into people's heads to actually abuse the referee. It's one thing to come down and question the decision and say, ah, oh God, ref, what was that for? And leave it at that. But when the person comes on and says, do you know something, something now? Yeah. You were this and this and this. And you just say to yourself, hmm. I mean, really, as far as I'd be concerned, and when I'm a tutoring referee, I'd say, write down what the person said. Hey, write yeah. it down. Would exactly what the person said. Interesting. And afterwards then, the committees in charge of discipline can deal with that particular individual or with the club. And that's what should happen. I remember I got into fear. Well, I wouldn't say I got into trouble, but... I, I referee number twenty one hurling semi final one time and who did I who did I put in the book afterwards? Only the Leinster chairman, the incoming Leinster chairman, and a famous Offaly man who was one of the key men in Offaly coming to, to, to be good, as the man said, in the in the eighties. So look, sometimes you have to do the right thing. And, you know, if it means calling out the the, the, the person who was a big name after himself, well you do it. That's it. So look, um and sometimes the referee you have you've got to do that. Yeah, it's 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 funny though. I know we're talking about the things which are wrong with the GA, but there's so many things right, and the enjoyment oh. that you've had, you know. And unfortunately, people do. It's a human nature to concentrate on the stuff that's the headline news, and the big news. But like, we should never ever forget that millions, literally millions of kids who are playing sport oh, GA in, you know, over the years in, in Canada. Yeah. It, no, sorry, it, all, all over the country, yeah. all over the country, and um, we should never forget that. Nope. And and, yeah. and the volunteers and yeah. you know the referees, their but volunteers I mean, as well. You, if you take it, say, just say, just sorry for inter in, yeah. interrupting you, no, Kieran, no, but I came into to NCP uh, Netwatch Cullen Park on Sunday, and at eight o'clock the previous night there was a match. Somebody lined the pitch on Sunday morning and cleaned the stand. I mean, you know, <laughs> it was raining fairly heavily on Sunday morning and so on, so on, so on. So, like, that's just one aspect of the GA and it's a small aspect. The dressing rooms had to be cleaned out. It's huge, the amount of work that goes on. And some people call it, ah, it's the Grab All Association. Well, I absolutely hear that. totally disagree with that. The number of people who've had an involvement and a positive involvement is massive. And I have, I, have, I have huge respect for people who are involved in the GA, and especially for people who put themselves forward to come along to act as chairman, treasurer, secretary, all those positions. Huge, huge yeah, time for and, those people. And if we were to spend our time here talking about the positive things yeah. in the GA, we'd be talking for a long time. Well, we'd have a lot of drink taken anyhow, let's put it like yeah, that, if we, and, yeah. and, and time would be taken up as well. Absolutely, Kieran. yeah. What Carlo achievements in GAA has giving you the most pleasure or what yeah well for me personally like you know having a small involvement was our school team in 2015 winning in All-Ireland 2017 we won a Leinster final we were pipped by one point in All-Ireland semi-final after replay um, Cahill O'Neill was playing that day 
and he was playing for Pal the other night. Great to see him scoring, you know. But for me, one of the greats was to see um, Mount Leinster Rangers winning, getting to Croke Park. Unbelievable. Winning the intermediate. Winning the intermediate. Winning the intermediate was fantastic. But for a club, for a, a small club, because it is a small club, by comparison with the big clubs in Kilkenny, Cork, everywhere else, it's a small club. And to win a Leinster final, I thought was Incredible against one, Aulert yeah, Abala, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Martin Story, the captain '96 from the Wexford, training, managing the, the Aulert team, one of their own, and our lads bet them. That was incredible. I was hoarse for about two weeks. I swear to God, yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely outstanding performance. To go up to the north then and win there, and then I know we were playing against Portumna and the great Joe Canning and the brother and all the rest of them were playing, and they're a fantastic team, one of the greatest. But for, for, for Rangers to stand up and literally battle from the start to the end, I was hugely proud of all those guys. To me, that was brilliant. A good few years ago, as a man said, a corner for him, I should just miss one shot a goal against it. He was right, and you were in here to get to a Leinster semi final. And it was, you know, Michael put in a, a humongous effort many moons ago to try and get there. Then to watch Aero, you know, winning five Leinsters in a row and getting to, to watch fellas that literally you met on the street the following week was fantastic as well. So I think the GA is all around us. You know, it's part of what I am. It's part of what we are in Carlow. Um, a lot of people wouldn't be aware of it. I'm very well aware, very well aware of it, very conscious of it. And, you know, the pleasure that they've given me and so many more is just incredible. And I, I continue to enjoy it. And look, just before you go, it's a nice way to finish, but I have to remind you, the Camogie teams in 2016, 2017, Michel yeah. and Carlo, Absolutely. you know, giving us days out in Croke yeah. Park, and that alone giving us days out in Croke Park, but giving us winning days, Absolutely. coming out of Dublin, having yeah. won in Croke Park, just... Yeah, I, I was I was I was involved for not this year, but two years for for two years as a selector with the county uh, camogie team, and again the effort that those girls put in, those ladies put in, is just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you know we we ha we avoided a relegation game by by defeating Tipperary. Now it was our second team, but by Cheney did we did we we have a great team and and, and they put in that was last year. That was that it? was that was last year. Yeah, and this year they had to be leashed to. Um, that's right, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, look, yeah. Our, our, like you know, I think. You know, the future looks very bright as far as I'd be concerned in relation to participation and involvement. And the ladies, you know, in, in Gaelic football and in Camogie is going to be absolutely massive over the next 20 years. I hope I live long enough to come along to see more teams, especially in the ladies, getting to Croke Park and maybe one or two club teams, you know, and the hurling of football getting there as well. Nice way to finish, Pat. Thanks very much for coming on the Across the Four Legs podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks very much, Kieran.